sounds of Stimela on SAFM leading the conversation. The song there, Go On, Living Your Life. It is fast approaching 22-3, almost time for us to say goodbye, but not before we throw forward. When we come back, we'll be taking a look at all things tech savvy. We'll do that in just a moment. Don't go away. I couldn't go back to Cape Town. This is racist, narrow-minded community. We had no idea we were poor. I saw white South Africans as being like white Germans in the war, and that the blacks were the Jews. This week, the last of three extraordinary South Africans. Chris and I would hang out in these West African clubs where we'd be the two little white guys, underage, sharing a love of black culture. Meet Joe Menel this Sunday. I think political correctness is the worst because you sweep it under the carpet. Our SFM documentary, Sunday nights, just after the 9 o'clock news. If you had a great week of viewing top programs, SABC3 brings you a super lineup on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Tune in on Friday evenings at 7.30pm for our reality lifestyle programs, Wags and Girlfriends of Sport, followed by our sitcom Guys with Kids at 8.30pm. Do you want to be a millionaire? Yes? Then do not miss Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. On Sunday evenings, we bring you part two of Safari Live in our natural history slot at 6.30 p.m. Great programs all weekend long, only on SABC3. Hashtag SAFM Life Happens. Time for us to throw forward now. In the last half hour, we took uh, things all the way back to 1968. But now we're going to switch things up a little bit and uh, look at what's coming. Uh, see if we can look at the future and predict uh, what's going to be happening uh, in the near future. And possibly even today, because hey, at the rate things are going, um, uh, these technological advancements are taking place at such a pace that even as we blink something has changed. In this segment, we'll keep you well informed about new inventions, gadgets, technology, everything you need to know about the fourth industrial revolution and uh, you know everything innovative. And Jay, our guest is founder of Worldwide Works and editor-in-chief of Gadget.co.za. It's Arthur Goldstock and uh, recently attended the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. He joins us now on the line to talk about some of the new inventions uh, from that conference. Arthur, it's a very good afternoon to you. Welcome. Good afternoon. Great to be chatting with you and uh, the listeners. Yeah, we saw some amazing new formats launched at Mobile World this year. And why that was special is the last few years, the uh, new phones that were launched at that event from most of the makers all looked the same. It was, there were minor differences. But this year what changed was that there were new formats coming left, right and center. So that was quite exciting. And uh, what we what we saw was, in effect, the folding phone becoming almost mainstream. Not quite there, because the first devices that are launched are hideously expensive. But to uh, to relate it to what you said to the listeners earlier, we can see the future coming when we see these folding phones. So Huawei launched something called the Mate X, which is a six and a half inch uh, smartphone that can fold out into an eight inch. A mini tablet, and it really is beautiful. That came just a few weeks after Samsung launched or unveiled rather the Galaxy Fold, mm-hmm. which folds out and reveals the screen inside. But it's got a very small front screen; it's about four and a half inches, and then the inside screen is around seven point two inches or so. 
so a much smaller mini tablet and a smaller smartphone. So there, Huawei definitely uh, wins between the two. But the problem with both of those is how expensive they are. It's, um, the, the Huawei device will come to South Africa very shortly. It'll probably cost well over 50 or 60,000 rand. The Galaxy Fold from Samsung will probably cost um, around 50,000 rand. But it's not about what you're going to buy now from them. It's about uh, the fact that in the next two or three years, these kind of phones are going to suddenly be the price of the current flagships. In other words, um, you'll be paying the equivalent that you pay for a high-end Huawei or Samsung in the next couple of years for folding phones. You know, okay. so that's what makes that exciting. It's exciting, yes, but you know, a bone of contention for me is the fact that I dropped my phone and the screen shattered. And now, you know, to fix the thing costs as much as the device actually costs itself. So it's, it's quite an issue for me. Is, is there anything like an uncrackable, unbreakable screen? Are they even looking in that direction? Or are they just inventing all these other things which are fantastic? You know, you can bend the phone, et cetera, et cetera. But can we just keep things, you know, the, the basics just in check? Can, can my screen not break? I wish. I wish. Uh, the oh. tracking phone is still the biggest <laughs> issue for phone users. The best they're going to have to do for us is they bought in something called Gorilla Glass, which makes the screen a lot more durable, and it means it doesn't scratch as easily. But when you drop the phone, especially on the screen, it is usually going to break. So the first rule of the current smartphones, which are edge-to-edge screens, is that you need something to protect that screen. If you have a decent screen protector on the front, and that can be one of those plastic uh, films that you put over the front, and a decent... A back protector, then mm-hmm. that should protect from ordinary falls, but most of us have extraordinary falls. So we really need one of those cases. Yeah. And the problem with the cases is your phone simply doesn't look as cool as it does without the case. That's my problem. Like right there. <laughs> so the exactly. conspiracy theorist in me now starts to feel all sorry for herself. And I think, you see, they just want us to keep fixing these screens and they know how to make unbreakable, uncrackable screens, but they just don't want to. But before I huff and puff and just uh, get into a bit of a, uh, a tiz about it all, let's move along swiftly. Tell me a little bit about Netflix technology. What's happening there? The um, I, I had the privilege of visiting the Netflix studios in Los Angeles for a couple of days. Mm. And one of the most exciting things was to see what's happening behind the scenes in what they call the animation hub. And this is where they're creating, you could say, the next revolution in animation. And I chatted with a few of the animators. They brought in some of the uh, leading animators from the worlds of Disney and DreamWorks and so on. And one of them said that the, the sense of excitement there is like working for Nickelodeon in the 1990s. And that's when Nickelodeon changed the way animation was done mm-hmm. by making it relevant to children's issues rather than just fun escapism. And that's what you're going to see from Netflix in the next while. And the other um, aspect was the extent to which they're using technology to make international films available to people around the world. And by international, I don't mean Hollywood movies that are distributed internationally, mm-hmm. but locally, locally made movies that not just uh, get exposed to local audiences, but to global audiences. So you're going to see South African movies, for example, being broadcast worldwide. But uh, thanks to the technology they're now using, they can very quickly dub movies and also put in subtitles that make foreign language films accessible uh, to a global audience. 
and that was also changing uh, regular movie watching via Netflix. And then finally, they're using artificial intelligence to um, optimize the experience, to improve personalization, so you get recommendations based on what you've already watched and what people that watch the same um, kind of movies are also watching. It's a bit like Amazon with uh, their books and their recommendations around books, except it's even more personalized. And uh, in effect, every single viewer gets almost a unique experience of their own Netflix. Sure. A lot is happening in this space. I mean, some people are quite excited about artificial intelligence. Others are dreading it. You know, there's a lot of talk about uh, job replacement of machines taking over the world, etc. What's your view? Do you have a particular theory when it comes to that? I actually have a very strong set of views. In fact, I gave a talk this morning to a conference of actually, mm. and they are they feel amongst the most threatened by artificial intelligence because the the publicity for AI says that the actually won't be needed. It can all be done by computers. But looking into it, what I've found is that artificial intelligence will help almost any profession do their jobs better and will help them actually do their job better if they embrace it. If they resist it, it will make them irrelevant. They will eventually uh, become uh, the, the stereotype of the professions that are taken over by robots. But if they embrace this, it will actually turn them into, I call them, dating superheroes. So this is what AI can do for all of us. Artificial intelligence and robots, by using this technology and by embracing it, we actually make ourselves more effective. And that's really a lesson, I would say, for government and education authorities, is build that idea into education, that you can enhance your skills and enhance your performance mm-hmm. by using these technologies that seem to threaten our jobs. Yeah. And what do we as parents do to prepare our kids for the economy of the future? As parents, we've got to stop being scared of technology and stop saying that I leave that to the kids because I don't understand it. You actually have a duty to get some understanding of it. Sure, you don't have to learn how to program. You can't pretend to know how to use Snapchat, for mm. example. <laughs> but you certainly have to be aware of what these things do and what they make possible so that you can be supportive of your children when they go into these areas, either as a subject that they learn at school or university or if they go into a job that is going to require some kind of skills there. Yeah. They need to back their kids, even if they can't actually guide their kids in the actual use of it. Ay, ay, ay. It feels to me like there's always something new. Just when I get the hang of this Twitter thing, then there's Instagram. Just when I try and familiarize myself with this, then there's Pinterest. It just doesn't stop. You know, it doesn't end. Oh, all right. Other- um, I bet next time we talk, there'll be, there'll be the next uh, big see- new thing to you talk see- about. And the next big new phone as well. Precisely. Until then, it's bon voyage. We'll do it all over again next week. Thank you so much for your time. Founder of Worldwide Works and Editor-in-Chief of Gadget.co.za, Arthur Goldstuck, just keeping us abreast of the latest development in the world of tech. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a minute.